Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. It's man-to-man coverage. This is the PFT PM Podcast. And now, your host, Mike Florio. What's up, everybody? Wednesday edition. Had to stop and think what day it is. It's been one of those kinds of weeks. Wednesday edition of the PFT PM Podcast. We have Dak Prescott, Cowboys quarterback. Ever heard of him? Coming up in a few minutes. I don't have a whole lot of time today to wrap this up. We just did about 13 minutes with Dak. Quick headline review, Dak Prescott, and then the best questions that I see from the PFTPM posse. Just reviewing the headlines right now at Pro Football Talk. Joshua Garnett, first-round pick in 2016, may be in grave danger. Is there another kind with the 49ers? May not make the roster. I don't know how much of his contract is guaranteed this year and next year. He was late round one, so it's not all four years fully guaranteed. Around 2021 in the draft is where it shifts from fully guaranteed for all four years to less than that. But there may be a financial commitment that the 49ers deal with to move on from him. And it could be that they trade him. It may just be he doesn't fit with the Kyle Shanahan blocking scheme, but he would fit with another team's blocking scheme. Eric Decker thinks he'd fit in New England. Look, they have a need if Julian Edelman is suspended. He is preliminarily suspended if his appeal fails. Four games, he won't be there. Danny Amendola's already long gone. Brandon Cooks was traded, so... Hey, why not? Why not bring in a guy who is a veteran, savvy, able to understand route concepts, able to get open? There's a question of whether he fits with what's going on in New England, and maybe there's only one way to find out. But he's available for a reason. And that reason may be that his best days are well behind him. The days of the Broncos Stadium being known as Sports Authority Field are over, officially. The signs went down, I think, earlier this year. It's now Broncos Stadium at Mile High. See, I think what happened, because Sports Authority Field went out of business, and they still continued to call it Sports Authority Field. I suggested, hey, if you're going to, Name it after companies that don't exist. Call it Vandalay Industries Field. At least have some fun with it. I think what the Broncos wanted to do was avoid going back to having no naming rights partner because then you go through that whole PR negative bump when you sell the naming rights again in the future. And they will sell the naming rights again in the future when they find an appropriate partner, but they have yet to do so. I don't know how much value there is in attaching your name to a stadium. Not every broadcast uses the name. I don't know. But plenty of companies have paid huge money for the privilege of putting their names on stadiums. Let's see what else we have going on. A lot of praise for Calvin Ridley, the Falcons' first-round pick. He's not replacing Julio Jones. I think Jones and Ridley will be there together with Mohamed Sanu in the mix as well. We'll see how that goes. But a lot of praise. A lot of praise for Calvin Ridley, and that may be important for the Atlanta Falcons if if Julio Jones doesn't show up for the start of the training camp, which is coming up in several weeks. That's probably all I should say for now. 
because again, I have to go. I wanted to make sure we got this done today. Before I go, I'm going to hand off the program to myself with the Dak Prescott interview, and then I'll be back to answer some of the best best questions from the PFTPM posse. So here's conversation I taped just moments ago with Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. Welcome back, and as promised, he is the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, entering his third year in the National Football League, second summer promoting the Ready, Raise, Rise campaign. It's Dak Prescott. Let me say this before we get started. Dak, you're calling on Americans Touched by Cancer to take part in the Pick Your Power Challenge. All people need to do is share a photo to readyraiserise.com, holding a sign that says, hashtag Ready, Raise, Rise to showcase their inner power. Reaching the goal of 100 photo submissions will result in a $250,000 donation to participating cancer advocacy groups. A great cause and great to talk to you again. As always, Dak, how's everything? It's great. Uh, thank you for having me on. It's great to have you. And one thing that I noticed, because sometimes I do a little research, I, I did not know that you went to the same high school as one of my all-time favorite figures in the National Football League, the late Joe Delaney. We're coming up on the 35th anniversary of his passing. Now, the vast majority of NFL players not alive when he gave his life in an effort to save three right. drowning children in 1983. What should today's players know and appreciate about someone like Joe Delaney? Uh, exactly what you said. Uh, the selflessness of just... Um, a guy not even knowing how to swim himself, but jumps into a pond, jumps into a body of water to go save three kids uh, without knowing how to swim. Just with with being a, an NFL uh, rookie of the year, uh, just with with the promise that he had in the NFL to still just do that uh, with with, but doing it to save those kids is just it's, it's awesome. And he comes from a great family uh, that they all still live out there in Houghton. And people do a great job of remembering him. It comes up every year. We write about it every year on June the 29th. And people need to understand the story of Joe Delaney and what he sacrificed for strangers uh, in order to, to save them, even though he knew going in he was taking a great risk for himself. Now, uh, Dak, you, you are entering year three of your career, as I mentioned earlier, getting around, doing some things in between off-season program and the start of training camp. What's your objective what's your goal during this downtime in order to be as ready as you can be for the start of training camp yeah I mean just finishing mini camp and OTAs uh, it's great it's great to take some time off and and to partner up uh, and do things like I'm doing today as partner up with uh, Bristol Myers Squibb in this ready raise rise campaign uh, it's important for me to get out there uh, to make a difference uh, hopefully to um, just to inspire uh, and help and help somebody and help a life and help a few lives if I can but, uh, but resting as well and just getting myself ready to go in this month before training camp. Now, when you're in a place like New York City, and a lot of, a lot of famous people, there are a lot of celebrities, there are a lot of athletes mingling from time to time. Do Giants fans notice you, and what do they say when they see you? Yeah, Giants fans, uh, they definitely notice me. Uh, and then it doesn't help when I go to a Yankees game and put myself out <laughs> there. So uh, they just holler, you know, the, the Giants slogans and things like that. And then the couple of Cowboy fans that are, I'm a little timid to, to let the, the people of New York know how much they're Cowboy fans. They come and whisper it to me. So uh, it's, interest, <laughs> it's interesting to see the differences. Well, Cowboys and Giants fans should be united in a common goal this year. It's called taking down the Philadelphia Eagles, the defending Super Bowl champions. When you see a team from your division climb to the top of the mountain, win the Super Bowl, what does that do to you by way of motivation, dedication, everything you need to do to try to match what your rivals have accomplished? Yeah, it's just that you just said it's motivation. Seeing the team, one of the teams that you play two times a year, uh, as you said, climb to the top and go win a Super Bowl, it's motivation. You want to get back out there, 
uh, you want to show that team, you want to show other teams in the division uh, what, what, what your team is and how, how y'all can come out and play and compete each and every week. So um, to, to have this, the reigning Super Bowl champions in our division, I know those will be two fun games to look forward to. You mentioned you're at the Yankees game. If you weren't playing football, what sport would you want to play professionally? I would want to play baseball, but I think I may have a better shot at basketball. I, I grew up playing a little bit of basketball as well as football, but uh, baseball just seems like you can play for a long time, get the guaranteed money, and uh, just your body be okay at the end of it. Basketball is not far off of it, but baseball is still the American dream. How, how much wear and tear have you endured in two years of starting for the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, not that much. I mean, I'm fortunate to play behind the best offensive line in the NFL. That They definitely take care of me. Uh, the hits and the wear and tear that I take, I put on myself getting past the line of scrimmage and things like that. So uh, not too much. I'd say most of my wear and tear came from college carrying the ball 20 times a game. Well, you know, great football players are always intent on finding ways to make themselves better, to get out of their comfort zone, challenge themselves. What are you doing this year to try to make one specific aspect of your game better? Yeah, I mean, I'm a young player, so I'm trying to work on every aspect of my game if I can. But it's just about being ahead. It's about anticipating throws, being ahead of the, the defense with my knowledge and uh, being on top of their scheme and what they're doing so I can play ahead of the game. And when you reflect on what happened last season, a major disappointment, high expectations for the Cowboys after what happened in your rookie season of 2016, now that you've had several months to reflect on it, what do you think went wrong last year for the Cowboys? I mean, we had a few, a few things. Uh, first off, we just didn't win enough games. That's what went wrong. But uh, it was a few things. And it was a learning season, not only for me, but for, for the team, for a bunch of the young guys that are on our team. And uh, losing, losing Ezekiel for the time we did, losing some, some guys on the offensive line, uh, Sean Lee being uh, not always being healthy, things like that. I mean, they, that, that can hurt a team. So uh, what we've learned is the next man has to step up, the next man has to do better. Other guys got to do a better job of, of filling in that role for those guys, and um, it was a learning season. You mentioned the absence of Ezekiel Elliott during the six-game suspension. I watched that excellent all-or-nothing series on Amazon, and it struck me as not just what went on while he was gone, but as that suspension was hanging over the team and hanging over right. him, it seemed to be an issue. It seemed to be a distraction. Did, did it feel like a distraction for you? Uh, not for me. Not for me particularly, but uh, Zeke's somebody that I'm really close with, uh, and he's a good friend of mine. And uh, when something like that's hanging over your head, I'm sure it's a distraction. I'm sure it was tough for him, and I know those few weeks, uh, those few weeks were definitely tough on him at that time, and I think he handled it the right way and came back ready to play. Well, when he spent all last year, at least most of it, carrying that weight around mentally, I, I right. look at Ezekiel Elliott as a guy who could maybe explode in 2018 without that extra burden. Yeah, he's definitely going to have a good year. Just the strides he's made as a player on the field and then uh, off the field as well, just his leadership growth. Uh, I believe he's going, to have a, he's going to have a great year. Help the fans understand what it means for you as a quarterback. When you've got a running back who can consistently gain yards, consistently gash the defense, when it's time to do play action, when it's time to just drop back on a pass pattern, they're worried about him. How much do, easier does it make your job? Yeah, it opens up the passing game. Just as you said, I mean, when you can hand the ball off and your running back go get first downs on first down, uh, it's important. It helps the whole the whole offense, it helps the whole scheme of the team, uh, keeps the defense off the field, uh, particularly to a quarterback. I mean, then when you hit the play action, as you said, the linebackers are up 
Um, another level, they're up too close to the line of scrimmage. Uh, the, the defensive backs are peeking into the backfield, uh, giving a second or half a second or whatever may, uh, we may need for, for holes to open up in the back, uh, back half of the defense. You said at one point this offseason that the Cowboys don't need a number one receiver. And something I noticed after Calvin Johnson retired from the Lions, it kind of opened up Matthew Stafford's ability to just throw to the open guy. When you don't have that number one receiver, there's not that extra element of, I have to get him the football. Do you, do you think that will be a benefit for you? You just throw to who's open without worrying about feeding the ball to any one person a specific number of times. I mean, it could be. Uh, when you have those great players on your team, Des Bryant, as you said, the Calvin Johnsons, the Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, the, their, their presence and what they've done in their time in the league, you want to get them the ball. And it's not that you feel like you're forced to or you have to, but you want to see them make a play with it. Uh, so that, that's kind of where that whole deal comes into. And when you can get out there and just spread it around, uh, don't care who has how many touches or not, and you leave the game with almost 10, 10 targets to 10 different guys or so or something like that, uh, it's usually a good day at the office. It's been more than two months since the Cowboys parted ways with Des Bryant. How surprised are you that another team hasn't signed him yet? I'm not surprised just because of the contract talk. I mean, the language, the the once from one end to the other end, uh, from the team to the player, uh, the fit that Des is looking for, uh, I don't know, and I don't have the answers for that. And I know he turned down the one offer that he had, that he had publicly anyway, so I'm not too sure, but I know uh, he's a great player, and I know he'll definitely be on the team uh, by week one, that's for sure. If a coach or a GM of another team were to call you up and say, hey, Dak, t tell us what we need to know about Dez. Is this somebody we should want? What would you say? I'd say, yes. Yeah, so you're going to get one of the most passionate players in the game of football. Uh, and I know, I know that departure, and I know the guy, the person Dez Bryant is, uh, he's going to come out better, way better uh, on this end of the deal. It's almost a given now that quarterbacks and receivers will get together during the dead spots on the calendar. Are there plans for you to get together with your new core of receivers and work on getting to know each other even better in advance of training camp? Yeah, there are definitely plans, and they're in the working, uh, trying to figure out the dates uh, in this next month that we all have off, or majority of us uh, can come together and spend a few days, three or so, three or four days of, as you said, just getting better, working our chemistry on the field. And we've got a great group of receivers. Uh, the new guys come in, the young guys. Uh, and then the vets that have been there, Cole Beasley. And so we have a great, great camaraderie there. So it'll just be fun getting together, training in the mornings and hanging out in the evenings. You know, people on the outside, Dak, have said that it appeared that you and Des Bryant never fully meshed the way that maybe he did with your predecessor, Tony Romo. H how do you react when you hear people suggest that, that the camaraderie, the chemistry, the relationship wasn't where it needed to be between you and Des? Yeah, I mean, me and Des had a great relationship uh, on the field. Uh, it didn't always pan out, but off the field, we're great, and we put in a lot of time together to get better. So uh, sometimes the things just don't just don't correlate, and uh, that was that was one of those one of those cases. But uh, me and Des had a great relationship. We continue to talk, and uh, just the on the field, wish it wish it could have been better uh, on my end, getting him the ball. You'll likely have a very long career in the NFL, and you're just getting started. But there are three former Cowboys that have high-profile broadcasting jobs. Do you see that and say, "Boy, that that would be nice mm. to trade in the star for a microphone at some point down the down the road"? Well, hopefully, I'm looking way down the road, so those thoughts haven't uh, haven't creeped in my head just yet. Well, on the way out, give us a little more information about the Ready Raise Rise campaign, and let folks know where they need to go to learn more about it. Yeah, you said it best at the beginning. Go to readyraiserise.com uh, and just educate yourself on the, on the awareness and the immuno-oncology research. 
uh, that's happening, and it's just focusing on the uniqueness of each cancer, and not only that, it's help about helping the immune system fight off cancer itself, uh, and do that. Uh, when you go to the page, uh, take on our challenge. Our challenge for everyone out there is the uh, pick your power, P-I-C, uh, like taking a photo and show us how unique and how powerful you are dealing with cancer uh, or without dealing with cancer. Either way, it helps. And uh, as you said, Bristol Myers Squibb has promised to donate a quarter of a million dollars. So uh, let's, let's accept that challenge and get it done. Well, Dak, it's a great cause, and we're glad you're part of it, and we appreciate you making us part of this effort to get the word out. We look forward to talking to you soon. All the best as the season approaches, and again, congratulations on your great success through two seasons. Yeah, appreciate it again. Thank you for having me on the talk. Thanks again to Dak Prescott. We appreciate him including us on his annual Ready, Raise, Rise campaign for cancer research, awareness, et cetera. It's a horrendous disease. His mother died in 2013. Of colon cancer, my mother died in 1995 of ovarian cancer, fought it bravely and valiantly for six and a half years, and uh, it was not an easy process, and that's the understatement of the millennium. It is a horrible disease, what it does to the human body, what it does to a family, what it does to anyone in its sight, and they originally gave my mom six months, and she fought it for six and a half years, and I may have said this before, her first goal once she was diagnosed, I just finished my first year of law school and she wanted to make it until I graduated. And I remember right as I was approaching graduation, she was very upset because she thought, okay, she got what she wanted and now that's it. She made it to my graduation and time up. She still had another four years and change. And, and there were periods where she was in total remission, but you know, it, it tends to keep coming back depending upon what type it is and uh, just just a, a horrible disease. And anything we can do to improve treatment, to cure different types of cancer, um, any amount of money that folks can donate. And when you have a company like Bristol Myers Squibb kicking in $250,000 for something where you just have to generate some social media buzz, do it. Don't hesitate to do it. All right, some quick questions and then we are... I'm going to wrap this up for today. I'm just going to skim through these and see what we got here. El Vreeling with the news of high draft picks being signed. How does it work for them until they're signed? I mean, being unsigned. Everybody's like, you made it big, but there isn't any money coming in until they're signed, or am I wrong? Seems awkward. You're right. The, the high draft picks don't have any money until they sign their contracts. And even then, they don't get a huge pile of money the day they sign. There's a period of time that goes by before they get the first installment of their signing bonus, and a lot of guys don't get their full signing bonus until the next year. So, drafted late April, here we are late June. If you haven't signed your contract, you haven't gotten a penny yet. You got a per diem during off-season workouts, but that's just walking around money at best. So, it is awkward, and that's why I always say that the rookies should insist on their contracts being done before they participate in any of the off-season activities. Voluntary, mandatory, just, you're not under contract. Think about that. Baker Mayfield was at the Browns' mandatory minicamp without a contract. And I think if enough of these guys said we're not participating without a contract, all players would have their contracts in place before the offseason workouts began. Alexander Sandoval chiming in, wants to have Mrs. Florio and the kid on the podcast. I don't know that we'd want to do it at the same time because I think it would be two against one and I'd be the one and it would not go well. I want to get the kid on here, maybe on a regular basis when he's ready. I have yet to mention to... Mrs. Florio about doing it. I don't think she'll be interested. Macy Florio may be interested in doing it. She 
already is developing a healthy bark. We've had her two weeks today. It feels like we've had her two years at least, but already a member of the family. Maybe we'll have her in the room for one of the upcoming podcasts. See what else we have here. Dan Schneiders, who's your guest to be all or nothing this year. I've got the Vikings, new quarterback, new facilities, very high expectations. I don't know how they pick the all or nothing team. We know what they do with hard knocks. With all or nothing, I don't know what they do. And I think that all or nothing is for the most part less obtrusive than hard knocks because it's a lot of robotic cameras, stationary cameras around during meetings. There isn't a lot of of in-your-face camera time like you have during the training camp hard knocks series. So I don't know if teams volunteer to do it. It's been... Cardinals, Rams, Cowboys so far. Vikings would be a good choice. You know, the Rams did hard knocks and all or nothing their first year in L.A. Maybe it'll be Browns all or nothing. I think you want to go with a team that has a chance to do something significant. And the Cowboys, as of last year, had a chance to do something significant, but ultimately didn't. Maybe do the Eagles all or nothing. Defending Super Bowl champions. They wouldn't seem to be bothered by having those cameras around. Mike likes dirt. Have you taught Macy to fetch, catch a ball frisbee yet? I play catch with my dog every day after work while listening to PFTPM or Sims and the other guy. It's very relaxing. She will go and pounce on something that I throw. She doesn't always bring it back. She'll just go pounce on it. It's funny to watch. And we've got a football that we throw around in the backyard. It's it's an old, I've had it for years. It has the old NFL logo on it. That's how old it is. It's black and it and the the laces were once orange. They're now faded to like a I don't know almost pink color. But she tries to pounce on that and just kind of bounces off of it. It's funny. But she does have that instinct to go chase, and hopefully she'll chase in return. But I, I want to teach her how to catch frisbee, and uh, I think she'll she she already has that that drive to go get the ball. But she's uh, very active. And growing. She was 18 pounds last week. She's now 22 pounds, so she is growing. And she's going to go to the vet soon and get her shots. So I think I'm going to be unavailable for that visit to the vet. The Real Forno with the new name of the Broncos Stadium. Can you see a dispensary buying the naming rights to keep it mile high? I don't think the NFL would approve of that, especially since players can't partake. Burn unit, how many hours of sleep do you get a night? It seems like PFT never sleeps with all the 24-7 news. And I, Look, I, I sleep. I, I don't like it when people revel in this perception they don't sleep. The human body can't function without sleep. And I remember reading stories about guys who only sleep four hours a night. It's like, how do we know that's not all bullshit? Unless you're there with them for an extended period of time, you don't know how long they sleep or they don't sleep. Now, I will tell you this. Having the new puppy in the house... I'm getting less sleep than I did. That's for damn sure. And now the nap consists of putting the puppy in the crate, hoping the puppy will stay quiet long enough for me to sneak onto a couch and sleep for 45 minutes in the afternoon. That's the supplement to what used to be five to six hours a night. Now with the puppy, it's four, five at the max, with maybe another 45 minutes throughout the course of the day. I got 45 minutes today before we did the Dak Prescott interview. But last night, not much sleep. And I, look, I don't care. I, I've learned how to function with limited sleep. And, uh, and, and even when it's slow, there's still plenty of stuff to do. So I, I love this time of year because we've got our break coming up. I have the ability to sleep past 5 a.m. If, if my body will allow me to. 
and uh, it's just a nice time of year where things become relaxed. You can have a nice dinner at home every night, spend time with family, and just enjoy life for four weeks as the grind approaches. All right, what else do we have here? Huge ass 143, why the delay in the Rodgers extension? I, I think he's looking for some terms that the Packers just don't want to give him. And the Packers have to decide... What will we trade in our leverage for? They have him under contract for two years. They can tag him for two years after that. And I did the math at one point. The full four years would be short of $100 million, So it's less than $25 million a year to keep him year to year. And then he would be 38 going on 39 as opposed to 38 going on 43. And at that point, if he walks away, he walks away. I just have a feeling that Rodgers is not going to finish his career with the Packers. I've been meaning to write that. Of all the aging franchise quarterbacks, and we've got Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers. Am I missing somebody? I think that's most of them. Of those guys, wrong side of 35 or close to 35 in Rodgers' case, how many of those guys will finish where they started? Because plenty of guys in recent years haven't finished where they started. They finish somewhere else. Peyton Manning finished somewhere else. Brett Favre finished somewhere else. Joe Montana finished somewhere else. John Unitas and Joe Namath finished somewhere else. How many of these guys will end their careers somewhere else versus just walking off into the sunset with the team that they have played for their entire careers? I need to write about that at some point. I need to think about that. I need to do a little more research on that. How, how many guys, how many franchise quarterbacks have changed teams? Over the years. Niners season. What are coaches in front offices filling most of their time with until camp starts? They're, they're, they're vacationing. This is their only time to get away from everything. And they worry less than they used to because players stay out of trouble now a lot more than they used to. So you don't have to sleep with one eye open worrying about the phone going off at 3 a.m. There was one year where it seemed like somebody on the lines was getting arrested every week. So you can relax, recharge, refuel, and be back ready to go, ready to hit the ground sprinting with training camp preseason, regular season, week after week after week after week. The Real Forno wants to know, assuming the EA exclusive license will expire without renewal at some point, could there possibly be a Tecmo Super Bowl reboot? How successful could it be, if at all? I never played Tecmo Super Bowl, so I, I don't. I've seen the video of the gameplay. It didn't look all that great to me. There's nothing like Madden, so I don't know. I think that EA is going to continue to lock up the the Madden franchise for years to come. Thomas McCoskey, in your opinion, who is the most underrated player ever? That's a good question, and I am saying that to buy time. Somebody who is underrated. Would that be somebody who hasn't made it to the Hall of Fame that deserves to be in there, like Ken Anderson of the Bengals, like Jim Plunkett? Does that make you underrated? If you're in the Hall of Fame, you're properly rated. You can't be underrated and not be in the Hall of Fame. First blush, I would say Ken Anderson or Jim Plunkett. Maybe Jerry Kramer, although he's getting in the Hall of Fame this year. Who else out there has been consistently overlooked who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame and never really got the credit he deserved for what he did during his time? Could maybe like a Reggie Wayne or an, an Isaac Bruce or Tory Holt fall into that, that category? Possibly. Good question. Good questions overall today. I have to go. I'm already late for something I need to do. Thanks again to Dak Prescott. I enjoyed talking to him. Enjoy talking to you. Enjoy your questions. We'll try to do it again tomorrow, though. If I do it tomorrow, it's going to be late in the day. So maybe not tomorrow, but definitely Friday. And remember, 
during the PFT Live hiatus. We will be doing the PFTPM podcast, and it will be posted both on the PFT Live account and on the PFTPM account, because that's how this all got started. Last year, as something I did in the afternoons on the days we didn't have PFT Live because I wanted the people who had the PFT Live subscription to the podcast, I wanted them to have something new they could listen to. So that's how it all started, and that's how it will continue, and that'll start next week. For the PFTPM policy, it changes nothing because they'll continue to be the show in the afternoon. So why am I still talking about it? Thanks for your time as always, and we'll do this again either late tomorrow or on Friday or possibly both. Have a great day. You can find the PFTPM podcast on Art19, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, and you will, subscribe for automatic downloads. Leave a rating and review. That'll help new listeners find our show and push us up the charts. Search PFTPM for your evening update from Pro Football Talk. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.